This is Robert Plant, and you've been led astray by Chris T. Aerial View. Live. End time. Talk radio. Friday. 6 p.m. Eastern time. Call 760 You have a podcast? Oh, yeah, I invented them. Radio at its finest forever. Zeppelin. We're really good friends. I think. Don't call me your fucking friend. I am your friend, remember? Just to say hello? Of course I like to say hello. Listen, if it wasn't friendly...
Have a nice day. Hi, I was wondering if this was the same Chris T who does um, the radio show. Because um, if it is, I think your show is really great. Um, but if it isn't, um, I'm sorry to have bothered you. I never forced anybody to do anything. And I am, a, I am an American and I have friends. And my friends can help me. I know how to talk to people. You are not sleepy or tired, ever. Oh, if only that were true. Dear God. I might be the sleepiest I've ever been in my entire life right now. I get no sleep last night. None. Zip. Zero. Nada. Zilch. I, uh, I blame the pandemic. I blame the pandemic for an awful lot these days. But especially for the uh, sleeplessness, the insomnia that a lot of people are, ex- are experiencing. It's me, Chris T, here on thehoundnyc.com, where every Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, hear a new Hound Howl, brought to you by the one and only Hound, who's been plying his trade in one form or another for low these past 35 years on the radio. And then, of course, at 5 p.m., Mark and Miriam, with the doo-wop chop shop of the air, crashing the party. You got those doo-wops on vinyl. Aerial View has been around since 1989. And it's, uh, it's at times like these that being able to get on and do some talk radio has helped me out of a jam. Friends, and I like to think of you as friends, I'm in a jam. I'm, in, I'm, I'm exhausted is what I am. This whole fucking year, this past year, has been exhausting. And I'm tired of these people. I'm tired of these people. These morons. These fucking morons. Who have been leading this country around, driving it into a ditch, generally acting like they don't want any progress in this country. What are you, one of those progressives? What are you, one of those liberals? What are you, one of those... Tired of those people. I'm tired of them. Yes, I want some progress. Yes, I'm a liberal. Fuck you. What you are is a moron who wants to hold back the future. And it ain't gonna happen. The future is going to fuck you. Because that's what the future does. You do not fuck the future. The future fucks you. I'm telling you that's how it goes. So just get out of the way. We're tired of you people. Tired. I'm tired. Dead dog tired. Fatigued. Whatever word you want to use. Last week, Mike Watt was on the show. He's what we call in this business a self-starter. I mean, I could have gone and done my nails for an hour and let Mike talk. If you missed it, it's available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Music Podcasts. Uh, What am I I saying? See, that's how tired I am. Amazon Music Podcasts. Try asking Alexa. Alexa. Hey, Alexa, play Mike Watt on Aerial View. And uh, also at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, or whatever the fuck they're calling Google nowadays. They change these names constantly just to screw with us. It's also on uh, SoundCloud and Spotify and Stitcher and YouTube and Hot Pocket or whatever they're calling that podcast aggregator thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's available wherever you get podcasts. By the way, at last count, 
There are two million of them. More articles appearing daily in the paper of record, the New York Times, about podcasts. If I read one more of those things, I'll lose my mind. And the latest one uh, was about how... Oh, it, it, believe me, they've done this article before. They felt the need to do it again about how Hollywood has a pipeline. There's a pipeline between podcasts and Hollywood. Uh, never in these articles do they mention the people who actually record and engineer and mix these podcasts who don't make anywhere near a fraction of the people who are banking on these podcasts to make them rich quick. It's the latest get rich quick scheme. Come up with a podcast and get people to listen to it and then you can get sponsors and then you can get wealthy. It's the old American story except this time in an audio medium. I hate it. But I am not going to hold back the future. That ain't me. I don't do that. Because I know. Had you vision as well as sight, you would recognize within me not only a man, but an institution and the future as well. Fuck you. Fuck the institution. And fuck the future. You cannot fuck the future, sir. The future fucks you. Just like I was telling you. The future of this program includes a phone call to uh, one of our old friends, Matt of uh, Guttenberg Arts. And uh, we're going to talk to him about what's going on at the uh, Virtual Art Book Fair. Hey, Chris. There he is. Hey, Matt. How's it going? You know, I'm fucking tired. Oh, man, you and me both. You and me both. <laughs> you got a new baby. You have a I good excuse new... for being tired. I do. I do. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, today was um, Daddy Day where Megan's working, so I'm home alone with the four-year-old and, and the one-month-old. And, man, I, I'll tell you, it is it is exhausting. I am Megan's not even home yet. I'm like, Megan, please, when are you coming home? Listen, is immortality Chris. really worth it? Because, you know, I know you want your genes to go spanning time, mm. but, like, right now, as you look at this whole thing, do you are you thinking to yourself, this isn't... Wait a minute, I need my thinking reverb. Where's my thinking reverb? Yeah, whom, yes. Are you, um, are you thinking, is it worth it? You know, it's funny that you bring immortality up because my four-year-old and I have been talking about that quite a lot. We've been watching a lot of unicorn movies on Netflix. And uh, apparently if you steal a unicorn, you can get you can gain an immortality. But also, you know, you can kind of all accidentally turn into a vampire. So you got to like, you know, uh, suck blood and all that kind of, you know, nasty, darker stuff. So uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I'm, I'm ready for the next adventure, you know, or if it's a big sleep, then, then you know, that's why that's why they say rest in peace. Right. Yeah. The dirt nap. Yeah. Did you the see that? Nap. Did you see that story about the uh, cliffside cemetery in Italy that fell into the sea? Oh, God, no. Yeah. No, that and then, in Cliffside see, Park, New Jersey. No, no, the whole idea of resting in peace is forget it. That's now. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if you saw Poltergeist, you know that that doesn't really happen. They'll dig you up and put a, a subdivision over you. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a Cliffside Cemetery in Italy, and it, Italy. And it fell into the sea. And I, and I mean, like bodies and coffins and oh, everything. Oh God! Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, it's uh, mm. it's a whole thing. And well, I know what I'll be googling after uh, I put the kids to sleep. Don't <laughs> get buried in Italy. In Italy, or or Italy. um, you ever go to uh, Old San Juan in Puerto Rico? I've never there's been. This, this is there's a beautiful cemetery, but it's like right on the cliff, right on the cliff edge too. And it's just you wonder. I was wondering like this. Eh. Well, it only takes one hurricane to really sort of, uh, you know, end the end an error. Yeah, great. You think you're dead and buried, and then next thing you yeah. know, you're you're, you're in the uh, what is that? What is that sea that's right off of uh, Rome? Oh, Mediterranean God. Uh, Sea. It's got to be the Mediterranean Sea, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I forget the name of the other one. It's like with an A. Uh oh! Is that the uh, the newborn? That's Maya. Yeah. That's yeah. Hi, Maya. Maybe. Yeah. Welcome to Ariel's. Saying hi. You're my youngest <laughs> caller ever. 
There you go. Yeah, 32 days old. 30 days old. All right. So according to the story, the Italian region of Ligeria, L-I-G-U-R-I-A, which is north of Rome, I, I, I guess, and uh, about 200 coffins and bodies tumbled okay. into the Mediterranean Sea. So there you go. Now, uh, you know, Rome is, I mean, Italy's older than dirt. So, I mean, are they, was it like, uh, was it new, new members of uh, the, the dirt? Or they... I don't know how long those people were buried was, there, but the family yeah. members of those people are upset because they've been saying yeah. for a long time we need to shore up that goddamn cliff, and yeah. no one listened. <laughs> so there you go. That's yeah. what happens when you don't shore up the cliff. That's I not why that's... Matt is here from Guttenberg no. Arts. He oh, is uh, here to talk about the virtual art book fair, which, like everything else, is happening virtually online. this year and yeah. online. And uh so what, tell me about Paper Crown Press and what Paper Crown Press is doing with the virtual art book. Fan. Sure, yeah. I mean, in short, Paper Crown Press is just like an artist-run uh, small public, uh, small press. We publish Carrie Pigeon Magazine, which we have a great uh, story in our last issue, our last show, um, which is available at this art book fair. Um, but we also do uh, really beautiful portfolios of uh including like 12 art 12 printmakers uh, we always have like a nice theme the last one we, the theme was fables so we got a lot of uh, fun prints from that but um the printed matter virtual art book fair um and in the in the um yesteryears i guess i don't know the, the before time it would be it would have been held at the museum of modern art in uh, the ps1 which was, you know, such a fabulous venue to, to have a fair in. And it was always, you know, you're elbow to elbow with people. You meet all the, all the you know, big names in, in the print world and stuff. And you can really kind of mingle around. So they've been doing, they've shifted it all to Cargo, uh, the Cargo site. And, uh, yeah, we have a nice little virtual booth up there at uh, papercrownpress.cargo.site. And there you can view all of our most recent publications and some really incredible portfolios that are on their way. Um, you know, they're, we're almost sold out of them. So um, if they're in the, if, you, if you're in the art collecting mood, um, it's it's a value. You know, because you get um, you get 12 prints uh, in one portfolio, you get eight prints in the other portfolio for the cost of like one one piece of like really great art. So you get like 12 pieces of great art that you can, you know, frame, hang, and, you know, or just collect and wait and sit on like, you know, uh, like a good investment that the art world is. And like so, every other, and like every other nonprofit arts organization, Guttenberg Arts has had its share of challenges during this pandemic year. Uh, sure. The in-person events that you used to have, you can't have. Right. And so you've had to pivot to a lot of online stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. the facility itself is still uh, hosting artists and allowing artists to use the space. Exactly. Uh, and and our exhibitions, we, we're still doing them. We're just not having those big parties. It's uh, by appointment only. So you can schedule on our website at guttenbergarts.org. Um, and, you know, you for the last two, two, maybe even three years, you've been interviewing artists uh, at these big parties that we have. So I have like a backlog of great audio. So all your fans and listeners out there who want more Chris T, you can check out our YouTube page where we have these great intimate little um, uh, interviews with artists. I've got, gosh, I think I got about 12 up right now. I try to do one a month. I'm, I'm behind. So I got I got, that's on my queue. I got to put a couple new ones up probably by the end of, uh, by the first week of March, I should have a new, um, a new uh, video up. Uh, with uh, your, you know, interviews. Uh, thank you for doing that, and thank you for saying that. If you want to yeah. listen to a person who uh, wasn't raised in the visual arts world stumble his way through <laughs> interviews with great. visual great. artists, there you go. Who is demanding more of your attention right now? Is it Maya or oh, Charlie Fury? That is, that is Charlie Fury trying to pick up Maya Callow right now. Um, I, got, I got Maya nice peacefully sitting on the bed. But Charlie is uh, ensuring me that she's fine with scooping her up. Charlie, careful, careful. This is kind of like... Luckily, uh, Megan's just walked in to the rescue. So I'm going to go right. uh, walk out of the room and then I can, you know, well, once again, focus more uh, on the radio. <laughs> once Sorry again, we're, we're joined by Matt from 
guttenbergarts.org and at papercrownpress.cargo.site you can go and join a virtual art book fair that's happening yeah. now it started on the 24th and it runs till when do you know uh it runs to sunday sunday and you know we got a bunch of other we got a bunch of videos up there too from some past performances from like uh warren lair and De uh, dennis bernstein who did we did a book with them uh five oceans and a teaspoon it's a great book of po uh, poetry, so you can, you know, we got tons of stuff. Oh Just yeah, I did the live, I did the, I did the live sound for that uh, show there. At yeah, the, oh yeah, you did. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was something. Woo. What a That's night a story. That's that a night I'll like... never forget. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> Not anytime. Soon. I have, I haven't spoken a word to him since, by the way. Not Warren, but the other, the other guy. Yeah, who shall not be named. Who shall um, remain nameless? Sure. Yes. Uh, but, but it's always good to talk to you. I know you this too. is a quick shot, but we're going to have you. Yeah. I'm using the royal we. I will have you back uh, <laughs> shortly, along with Russ. I know there's a lot that Russ wants to talk about as well. Yeah. And uh, we'll do That'd a whole show with Matt and Russ because it's been a That'd it's be been great. a minute. So yeah. Uh, and and meanwhile, now you can go have a nice lay down. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Without, I need a shower. I don't think I've showered. I've lost. I, I forgot when was the last time I showered, to be honest. I'm still wearing my pajamas of, from two uh, days ago. On a scale of one to ten, where ten is like yeah. Velcro and one is like grease, how sticky are you right now from children? Oh, uh, I'm like a, I'm like pretty, I'm like a seven. We, uh, we ordered Chinese food, so I got uh, sticky rice all over me. All right. And, uh, you know, formula kind of crusted everywhere else. Nice. And, uh, You're almost you know. like tarred and feathered. That's interesting. All I, right. Well, basically, basically. It, again, uh, you could find Guttenberg Arts at guttenbergarts.org, and you can find the virtual art book fair presented by Printed Matter at papercrownpress.cargo.site. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Appreciate Chris. it. Talk to you later. This, this is the Catching Up with Friends edition of Aerial View. And so our featured friend tonight is uh, my old friend Jeff Mashey, who's been on the program before uh has called into the program numerous times and i've known jeff i think uh, since we were both 12 or 13 or some damn thing so uh we're gonna get caught up with jeff right now and find out what the hell's been going on with him during the pandemic and what's been going on with his employer rutgers university and how they're handling life during a pandemic and uh get some updates on this, the this is jeff Hey, Jeff. Uh, ho, ho, yeah, ho, hold on. Let me lower the Mo Bandy. Hold on, hold on. There we go. All right. It almost hey. sounded like you were at a honky-tonk. Well, you know, it's Friday, so, you know, I, I thought it was a good time to give Mo Bandy a little love, you know, with the whiskey. So it's good. You know, it's, almost, night. it's almost two years ago in, uh, what was it, uh, March 15th that you and I went out to a honky-tonk and we went and saw Kinky Friedman and Dale Watson. Do you remember that night? I remember that night very well. It's yeah. a different time, it seems. Different yeah, time at the lovely Roxy and Duke's Roadhouse. It may still be alive. It may still be alive. Jim, I, the owner, I, who knows what he's doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it may still be there. Well, you know, it's all going to be a before and after thing we're going on here these days. If you want to hear that show, if you want to hear that night out, I should say, it, it is an, an episode of Aerial View. You can go and find it. Yeah, it's a cool episode. Uh, we had a you know, great car conversation. You talked to Kinky. It's cool. I interviewed uh, my old pal, Kinky Friedman, for just a little bit. Um, tried to interview Dale Watson. He was in a terrible mood. Well, yeah, he, well, the, I think I remember, because I'm going to interrupt. I apologize. But I think you told me. First of all, he played Sitting Down, which you said was unusual. Then I remember you telling me he played the previous night in Baltimore and did 15 shots of tequila. Is that what it was? Yeah, or as, uh, do you remember what Kinky called it? <laughs> no, no, tell me, tell me. <laughs> he called it Mexican mouthwash. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said Dale. Know, Dale had gotten he's a commentator, in, Kinky Friedman. So Dale had go. gotten into the Mexican mouthwash. That's right. Um, I mean, so he does a show in Baltimore. He plays at two o'clock. Gets rip roaring drunk. Drives to the wonderful town of Dunellen, New Jersey. Has to do a gig. And, and I, I, I just we were all both of us were surprised he was sitting down. He was surprisingly good. He was very good. Oh, but, Dale. Um, uh, Dale Watson's quality. He's been quality for a long time. I've seen so many shows of that guy that it was just unusual that. And and especially unusual that he was you know he was just not feeling it that night. But uh, yeah, it's the episode is called "Let's Get Kinky" from April 9th, twenty nineteen, and you can find it oh, man, all those April aforementioned 19th. places. Ugh. 
Isn't it nice that that thing's documented, though? How many of your nights out are really documented? I ask. Do I want my nights documented? Not particularly, but yes. Okay. No, not with the kind of stuff that you get up to usually. But <laughs> that one is. Uh, I've known Jeff Mashey now since uh, what they used to call junior high school. I guess it's called middle school now. And uh, I met you when uh, you, you, you were wearing your macrame vest, and I tripped you. Uh, as you First were of all, I going think it was a Nuru jacket and a medallion. I tried to have some style back then when I was 14. Yes, and that's yes, fair. you did trip me up and knock my books out of my hand. That's right, because I probably was thinking, who... Wait a minute, where's my thinking reverb? God damn it! Where's my thinking reverb? I was, <laughs> who is this guy in the Nehru jacket and the medallion? What the... <laughs> you know, you cooked the books, I tripped, the medallion almost strangled me. I almost wasn't here. That's what a swinging medallion will do. Yeah, well. They'll, they'll get you every time. Uh, but we, we became friends. We've been friends a long time. We go back a long ways. Uh, we've had our battles. We, we have, yeah. But we always come. We seem to come back around. I don't know. I mean, what, have I ever done anything that you truly thought I got to walk away from this guy? No, never. All right. Worse. Come on. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure I have. Well, to let you, me. But yes. Oh, there's several times. <laughs> believe me. No, uh, I, I have. You know, I have had people that I considered friends walk away from me. It's always a weird phenomenon when someone you thought was a friend was like, "I'm done. I'm done with you," because you would think that you know, friends mean, you know, you 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 talk it out, you hug it out, you talk it out, whatever you got to do. To... Well, you know, and if anything, you know, I, I had this situation with another friend, and you know, he said, he said, look, let's give it a little time and distance, and that works too. But, you know, sometimes that's just an excuse to, yeah, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. No, man, come on. We, yes, we, we've, <laughs> we've definitely had our battle. Well, so we've I had wanted far to have you... I know. I wanted to have <laughs> you on tonight, Jeff, to tell you that uh, we're no longer friends as far as I'm concerned. Ah, well, okay then. There this we go. Is, uh, you know, this I, is I, it. A public breakup is a great thing. It's a lot of fun. I'm finally done with you. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I fucking Chris, you know, uh, you know what the memory I bring up with you more than anything else is, uh, you know, I, but people ask how old are you or what's your age. I said, well, let's just say that cover of the London Calling album. I was uh, at that concert while in high school, and I said I was there with my friend Chris. Oh and that's yeah, usually enough to uh, yeah that... give people a general idea. That was the same night that we went and saw Apocalypse Now at the Zigfield Theater. And after having our minds completely blown by Apocalypse Now, which had just come out, it was so new, they hadn't put credits on the film, and, and they handed us these booklets as we walked into the theater. Yes, yes, that I, yes. I still have, with all the credits in it. Oh, I'm good for you, man. I punch lost of history. <laughs> um, and I remember we had tickets to go see The Clash at the Palladium with the undertones right. opening and Sam and Dave in between. Sam and Dave, yes, yes. For some reason... <laughs> And when we got to the show, this guy was scalping tickets, and we ended up upgrading to much better seats. Yes. Cause, and I remember we what did. the guy said mm -hmm. as he sold us the tickets. He said, screw this. I'm going to no nukes. And he went up to Oh, that was the same night. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. He, he, went, <laughs> he went up to the no nukes concert at Madison Square Garden to go scalp there because nobody wanted to buy uh, tickets to see The Clash. Well, here's what I remember yeah. also about that day. It poured down rain It was the pouring day. rain the entire day as we went around Manhattan, right? Uh, yes. Now, the cover of London Calling, do you remember the date of that show? Was I think it was September. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, which you told me. No, uh, I don't. Uh, it was the 20th... I don't remember the date, but I remember when the album came out, yeah. and I was very gratified to look at the date and go, oh, look at that. Yeah, I it was, was the there. 20th. I of... can actually say I was there. 20th of September, 1979. A couple wow. of other things that st stood out from that day. That show was recorded for broadcast on WNEW, so that entire uh -huh. show is out there online if you search for it. Why WNEW at the time? I guess in 1979, WNEW was trying to be cool. And uh, Wait, did I have all three acts recorded? Did I have Sam and Dave and the Undertones as well? I guarantee you somewhere at wherever WNEW is now, there's a pile of reel-to-reel -reel tapes that are poorly labeled and... They probably have that show on it and the undertones as well. Because you remember the Sam and Dave debacle when they opened. I remember Sam and Dave. Uh, people were there were people behind us, clash quote unquote fans, who were hurling racial epithets 
at there Sam was, and Dave. And, and, you know, there was that. There was just general booing. Also, they were not expecting that because um, that year was the year uh, or the year prior that the Blues Brothers were huge. And of course, they were huge with a Sam and Dave song, right? <laughs> so mad, right? So right. for some reason, and, and I, it's funny because I spoke to Sam Moore when I was at SiriusXM. I interviewed Sam Moore, and I asked him while we were off the air uh, between you know between uh, segments during the commercials, how did you guys end up on the Clash tour? And he and he his eyes rolled. He did an eye roll, and he said, "Oh man, you know that was this manager of ours, and he thought it would be a good idea, and it turned out it wasn't a good idea to go and open for the Clash." Um, you know, and looking back, it it should have been a good idea. <laughs> it it should have been a great idea, but I, I also remember Joe Strummer came out and had to basically tell the crowd to shut the fuck up. Yes, no, that is he, exactly correct. Yeah, that is exactly correct. There was a lot of booze going on, and, and nobody was paying attention. Right. And yes, Joe Strummer had to come out and like, hey, you you, you fucking assholes, get this thing together now. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. These are invited guests. Is basically yes. what he said, and uh, you know when other, he came out with the three teeth in his mouth and he berated the crowd. Yeah, right, as he correct, should have, because the crowd was being assholes. I mean, I was into seeing Sam and Dave. Who the fuck wouldn't want to see Sam and Dave? I mean, I, come I mean, on. I, look, if you remember, also the, the undertones weren't too well received either for some reason. I mean, not really. I mean, they were there. Oh my god, this the was a crowd not really interested in the opening bands at all. Fear, Sam and Dave, though, yeah, they were treated straight up rudely. Fearful Sharky comes out, and the first thing he does is he does that loud whistle that kicks off. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about yeah, that. That's I just exactly can't correct. get I over totally you. forgot about that. Uh, you, <laughs> what, what's the name of that song now? I'm trying to remember the name of that under, uh, undertone well, song. He did, he did it one of the teenage kicks oh, or it's something. Called, it's called uh, Over You. The song is called Over You. Over I you. just okay, can't right, get right, right. over you. That's the song that kicked off uh, the... And I remember turning <laughs> to Jeff and going... this insanely loud whistle. <laughs> I remember thinking, who the hell... Wait a minute. Where's my thinking? Reaper! <laughs> Who the hell? Well, they were, you know, it's funny because I, I don't think either one of us knew about them. They were completely unknown at the time. Well, to you and I, anyway. Yeah. And I didn't know about them. And then, you know, now I'm like a huge Undertones fan. I look back and I'm going, wow, man, I saw the Undertones in 1979. I wish well, I was more cognizant of that. And I was those... sober and everything because I was, what, 16, 17? Look at me <laughs> and you going down the memory hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's one of those shows that a lot of people claim they were at, but we were actually at. So, we were yeah. at. You have proof. You have the well. You have the apocalypse. I, I mean, yes. It, look, it's just nice to be in my head that I was there. Let's, let's put it that way. So, uh, in other words, we've known each other a minute, and uh, we've been through a lot of changes and ups and downs. But I don't think either one of us has ever gone through a pandemic, have we? No, this is a this is a new experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I'm I've told several people that I'm glad I'm going through this. This is selfish, actually. I, at this point in my life, I can't imagine what it's like for someone younger, youngish be going through this right now i mean i mean i mean fortunately you have your health i have mine i have not been vaccinated yet i'm just i'm a little too healthy and a little too young to get vaccinated at this point i haven't had any luck but i you know i can't imagine what it's like to be you know 20 something going through this where really i mean it's been a year now it's been a year of a shutdown i remember it very distinctly i mean it's quickly to go down this road so the saturday it was mid-Saturday in, in March. I don't know the exact date, like March 13th or something. And I knew something weird was going to happen. So I live in, you know, I live in New Brunswick. and took a long drive. I went to Lambertville, Frenchtown, Stockton, you know, Hopewell, all those towns. Just take a long drive. Then a friend of mine's band played that night in, locally in Highland Park. And I'll give him a shout-out to uh, uh, the uh, RGK band. Oh, my God, I'm saying it wrong. It's terrible. Anyway, the bottom line is, you know, he was the Friday night I saw him. He goes, I don't know. I don't know whether we should play or not. You know, so I said, man, I don't know. It might be the last show ever. You know, I joked, joke. And then we get there, and I'm like joking around. There was nobody there. It was like two bands playing. You know, it was fun. And that's the, that was it. That was it. And I was so glad I went out that Saturday and that Saturday night. And boom, that's been a year ago. Not literally a year ago. That's, Hard to believe. Uh, when the shit hit the fan. Yes, right about that. Hard to believe, man. Hard to believe. I mean, there have been some outdoor shows in the summer and some fun and this and that, but it, there's no sense of freedom. I, real quick example. So even today, right, I finished work. I figured I'd take a walk down downtown New Brunswick. I haven't been there in a while. And it's just, you know, I look, I'm going to say, it's just sad. I mean, there were these weird tents set up, you know. I mean, it's just, I mean, you go to a venue, you want to have some atmosphere. Tents have no atmosphere. Tents is just, it's just weird. It's, it has this weird apocalyptic feel without any kind of like, 
you know, danger to it. It's just like, yeah, you know, hang out in the tent. Yep, 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 yeah. And because uh, you want to go, because you just want to leave your house. It's just, it's, it's really, you know, it's been a rough couple of months. You know, I tell people, look, daylight savings is March 13th. Summer is March 20th. Easter is August 4th, uh, April 4th. The, 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 you know, the good weather is coming, but it's been a rough, rough, rough winter for, for many, many reasons. Well, also you uh, you like to go out. You like to go out and see I shows. I do. I do. I mean, I, I, listen. I, I enjoy live music. I enjoy seeing my friends. I enjoy seeing my friends in a social setting, in a bar setting. I, I I like bars. I think bars serve a very good purpose. You know, I'm not. not you know, I think drinking. Should, I'm drinking right now. Serves a purpose. And all that was like immediately, immediately, not just taken away, but you were shamed by it by saying you're going out. Not only are you causing, you know, not only are you a sinner by going out, you're putting yourself in danger, and you're putting other people in danger who might put other people in danger. It's like the worst thing you could possibly do. Just stay the fuck home. And I was like, oh, all right, okay, okay. Well, you're in luck you- in that you do have a bar at your house, so there, there you go. <laughs> Yes, I, I live. In, I actually live in Milltown, New Jersey, and I'm the first to say that I have the, I have the coolest place in Milltown, New Jersey. It's not a very high, not a very high standard, but you know, I, I do have it. You've been here, you know, and anybody wants to come by, um, uh, just make an appointment. And uh, you know, this, this plum. A friend of mine joked me once. I had a friend of mine come by, and he wanted to, you know, he goes, "I feel like a drink." I said, "What do you have?" I said, oh, "I have lots of stuff. I have uh, gin, vodka, beer, whiskey, whatever you want." And then I paused and I said, well, I have a lot of booze. You think I have a drinking problem? And he said, well, no, if you had a drinking problem, you, you wouldn't have any alcohol in your house. You know, it's a very perceptive friend because I lived with an alcoholic. I mean, I, I had a roommate when I first moved to New Jersey and uh, the famous story of this guy who uh, is no, no longer with us, R.I.P., right? right? Whose name was also okay. Jeff, mm-hmm. by the way. Oops. Right. Sorry. I didn't. I didn't realize when I started this story. Yeah, people that know us are going to know who this is. But keep going. Yes, inside baseball. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. So he. Uh, I remember. Uh, my. I got these decorative uh, decanters from my grandmother, and one of them. Uh, they used to sell these things as novelties, but it was blown glass and it had four compartments in it, and each of the compartments uh, was a different kind of liqueur: uh, creme de menthe, creme de caco. Oh, you know, nice. different kinds of liqueurs. And I put it on this bar in this house that we lived in, this big suburban house that I rented a room in, as a decoration. And I came home from work one day to see that it had all been emptied out. Like, it, it had all been... And I mean, my grandmother must have bought this fucking thing in the 1950s. That's probably how long right. she had it. And I got it in the 1980s when she passed. And I, and, and I just remember going, who the... F- what? Huh? I was, I was literally flabbergasted that he was such an alcoholic that he drank all of this 30 year old crappy which was crappy when it was new and it didn't get any better with age liqueur so that's uh you're right getting drunk on liqueur oh man getting drunk on creme de menthe and creme de caco I'm not saying that right I know I'm not nasty vomiting man okay so I mean I heard I heard I don't know I heard I heard you heard you don't, you're not really sure you, you heard. Uh, Jeff Mash is with me, one of my oldest, dearest friends, and I'm still trying to figure out what I could do to break up our friendship. So far, nothing. Um, I, uh, I, I want to talk to you because you work at Rutgers University. And- ah, Rutgers, yes. I've been there 27 years. 27 years this past October. I plan on retiring somewhat this year. Um, that's, that's, that's long, right? That's enough, right? That's a long time. Baby. That's a long time. That's a long time. So, so I do labor relations work. I do. I, I deal with all the unions and, and employment issues, and it's, it, it actually is fascinating work. Rutgers, I think Rutgers. I'm going to. It's a very progressive employer. We're very heavily unionized. I think we have about 24, 25 unions. This is an unprecedented situation. That's a word that I've been using a lot in the last uh, <laughs> last year, and I think we've handled the pandemic very, very well. It's just a very it's a very hard situation. I mean, most of our employees are working re- remotely, except for obviously, you know, like uh, staff that needs they need to maintain the campus. Most of the teaching is remote. Um, mo- uh, most of the students, most of the students are remote. Not all, but most. You know, and it's a challenging it's a challenging situation. But I think Rutgers has handled it has handled it pretty well. Um, you know, there's a lot of testing going on. I am actually coming on the campus every day, only because my office is very close to my office. 
my, my home is very close to my office, and I volunteered to come in. I've been here a long time. So, I, you know, I'm, like, very often the only person in that building dealing with stuff, but there's a lot of testing going on. You're, like, the only person uh, holding that whole uh, place together, right? I mean, well, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come you on. Know, you start my father. My poor father, right? So, real quickly on this. So, my father's not, you know, a very skilled man. I'm an educated man. He, he's very, I guess he's kind of proud of me, but he was like, oh, yeah, you know, my son's in charge of all the employees at Rutgers. And I said that that would be the president of Rutgers. No. But no, no, no. But no, I, I deal with issues as they come up, and they've been coming up a lot. And there's issues that have never come up before. But I think we're handling. I think Rutgers is doing a very, very good job. Look, I'm, I'm leaving the university hopefully in September. I have no reason to, you know, sing their praises. But I really do think they were ahead of the curve on this. I actually, I remember going to a meeting in January or February when the ver- first of all, I remember going to a meeting about this when there were no cases in New Jersey, no cases in the United States with many high-level people. And I remember going to a meeting saying, well, we have our first case in the States, and then, you know, what happened happened, and we've been dealing with it ever since. But I think that they, the university has tried to be ahead of the curve. We've tried to be very compassionate. We've tried to be very innovative in dealing with this. Oh, yeah, they came uh, up with that test, didn't they, the, the, the Rutgers test? Oh, that is COVID? a tragic. Let me talk about that for a second, because I, I think this is, this is important. Very, I'm glad you raised that. So, yes, Rutgers did develop the saliva test. Uh, we were the first. The gentleman that developed that, and I, I want to talk about this for a second. This is, this is kind of important. There's a guy named Dr. Andrew Brooks. Now, I've known Dr. Brooks on an employment, I don't know, you know, on a personal level for a number of years. He's been in Rutgers for a while. He, he's a, he was a great guy. I enjoyed dealing with him. He was very, very smart, very, very, very down to earth. The last conversation I ever had with him was about uh, him seeing some Broadway play. It was a very humorous story. But he developed, he developed the saliva test. That was his baby. That was developed at Rutgers. People talk about that tube being shoved up their nose. Well, the saliva test doesn't involve that at all. It's a very simple test. And um, I think it was last month he passed away from a heart attack at the age of 51. An extraordinarily tragic story. Dr. Andrew Brooks, folks, he, his contribution was immeasurable to all this. He's a, he was a wonderful guy, good guy. Uh, he, he had a very bull in a china shop attitude to him um gee i, I did not know way. that wow i'm sorry to hear that man 51. yeah no i knew that. i mean no, it's very it's so uh, just share another story with you so i was cleaning out some is it voicemail, about somebody else know. dying i'm sorry is it about somebody else dying no <laughs> not somebody right. that's spooky story so you know sometimes you get these messages you know on your phone and they're cleared out and some messages go to voicemail and some messages are saved so i was cleaning out my voice messages and of course it's that weird situation where you get the voicemail of somebody who passed away and Andy Brooks was an old voice message of him, uh, you know, about another issue, of course. And it's like, oh, Jeff, call me when you get a chance. I got to talk to you about something, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, you know, I, you know, I erased it, but then it was like, okay, that was really weird. You know, I'm in, a, See, <laughs> I'm in I, an I, empty I, building hearing a voice from the grave, literally. Did you, know? you ever call him back? Do you know? Do you remember if you called him back? Well, I, what, we're going to Twilight Zone territory now? No, I did not. <laughs> I, I'm sure I, oh, that instant, I'm sure I did call him back. But that's funny. Maybe I should have called him back. Oh, my God. <laughs> call myself. What if, what if he answered? What if Jeff, he was like, now you call me back. I'm now tra- you do. Andy, how are you? Jeff, I'm, I'm fine. but uh, I'm trapped in the voicemail system. <laughs> as long as it doesn't lose power, I'll stay alive. You know, you should write that. You should start writing that screenplay right now. I know? am very sleepy and tired. You are not sleepy or tired. I am ever. very sleepy and tired. You are not sleepy or oh, tired. Oh, I'm very sleepy. I wouldn't have said that if I wasn't so sleepy and tired. I'm sorry. I'm now. I'm imagining this man's family listening. You're like, who is this monster? Who is that monster? No, no, no. I mean, he, he was. He was. Let me make it clear. He was a beloved. He was a good guy. I yeah. Mean, I remember it was funny because I was not at work that Monday. I didn't find that. I found that. You know. Email, electronic media is a weird thing, isn't it? So in the old days, when you find out when somebody died, somebody calls, right? Or someone says something to you, oh, do you hear that Joe died? Or do you hear that Bob died? You know, I, I have learned that more or people Or in my died. case, did you hear that prick is dead? That's, that's what they're going to say when I go, by the way. <laughs> but go on, your point is. You're being very kind. You think they'll say prick. That's interesting. No, anyway, so uh, no, no. now it's like, you know, you see a Facebook post or you get an email. Oh, you know, so-and-so passed away. And, you know, it's very, look, you, you're immediately, you're glad you learned. But then you're like, really? This is how I'm finding out? You, in the old days, right. you know, you get a call. You get hey, a very personal. But, by but, the way, but Jack, if you're I on social. That you may yeah. not know about, but I want to break. 
So Robert Gordon had um, open heart surgery, but apparently he's doing okay. Okay. The uh, the Robert Gordon this? that you and I used to go see at the Silver Dollar Saloon and other venues <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> All right, let's segue into that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. my 18th birthday in Long Island, lovely Long Island, the place you could you know you could drink when you were 18. That was it, and uh, we made a point. Uh, we were going drinking when we were 16. Birthday, you, me, and a third yeah, person. Yeah. And we ended up going to a bar in Amityville that was just boring. And I, my first thought was, I remember paying for a beer for like, it was like $4. It hasn't changed much, has it? And I was like 18. I'm like, oh, that's high. But then we were like, hey, there's this place in Bayshore. Uh, Robert Gordon is playing. And uh, ended up being a phenomenal 18th birthday. So I thank you for that as well. Do you remember who so he about- had on guitar, by the way? Who would have been playing guitar? It wasn't Chris oh, oh, Spedding. Or- it, wasn't, it wasn't Chris Spedding. Right. It, wasn't, it was Danny Gatton. It was Danny Gatton. On Danny guitar. Gatton. It wasn't Link Ray either, right? Danny Gatton. That would, I mean, Danny Gatton's a monster, too. I mean, please. Yeah, no, it was still. I mean, he, yeah, guitarists love playing with him. But it's funny. I think I saw Robert Gordon three years ago, and he played the exact same set. I of- interviewed uh, Robert Gordon. <laughs> he came by at one point, again, my old job, and I. I remember telling him about all those shows back in the day and the time I saw him sitting on a uh, bench in front of the Museum of Natural History. There you go. Memory so to you. I mean, he always seemed like a nice enough guy. I mean, uh, he's a very nice guy, very nice guy. But he, I mean, and he, he introduced I mean, a lot of us wankers. To, he he could have been a punk rock legend, really. He chose. He's the one who said, nah, I really want to do this old rockabilly stuff way ahead of the curve. Right. And you know? without him, there wouldn't have been any stray cats. Let's just face it. I mean, Brian Setzer should be paying him a royalty. I'm just saying. You get into just, talking about the Stray Cats from Massapequa, from right. Massapequa, yes. Long Island. You yeah. really want to bring up the Stray Cats, huh? I don't want to, but I did. But uh, going uh, back to the fellow who came up with the saliva test, what was his name? Again? Oh, so and Andy Brooks. Yes. Andy what do you want to know about him? I can I tell just, you what I mean. He's I just a wonderful want to say it's, it's very, a very sad story. I want to say it's very interesting because you came up with the bikini inspector test at Rutgers, and he came up with that test. So you, <laughs> you two have something in common. I just it wasn't to, a bikini. I just wanted to shoehorn. I just wanted to shoehorn a shitty no, what joke in was, there. We, look, Rutgers is very okay. Look, we're very sensitive on any kind of uh, harassment, discrimination issues. It was a joke. No, 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 no. This is right. good. Let, but, but let's go into this because I think okay. you know where that joke came from. The joke was that we have a very vibrant office that investigates harassment, discrimination concerns. But sometimes you lose sight of things. And the person they were hiring to develop this office to look into this years ago was the, they came up with a very unfortunate name for this, this position, was the Harassment Compliance uh, Director. Off on the Office of Harassment Compliance. And I'm like, that's not good. Title. That's not good at all. Did well, you? they changed it, but I mean, look, sometimes you, you look, in, in, when you're very well-meaning, you lose sight of this stuff sometimes. When I heard about it, and I was very low-level at that time, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what they want to use. <laughs> Did you tell them they should change that? I mean, what, what was the deal? Well, I had no input on changing it, but I did mention to people, look, I mean, bureaucracy, sometimes this is what happens, you know. You have this committee, oh, what do you want to call it? Well, you have to investigate discrimination. We have to investigate harassment. We have to be very thorough. Well, how about the Office of Harassment Compliance? This is, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's an improvement. The original name was the Itty Bitty Titty Committee, and people were like, no, you can't do that either. I'm sorry. Uh, well, that was given serious commi- uh, serious consideration as well, and uh, <laughs> no, really, that was the name of the office for years, and then they finally realized that uh, uh, maybe not, not so thing. good. Yeah, uh, Jeff Mashey's with me. He's longtime friend. We talk. We're talking about Rutgers, but we also want to talk about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. What What's up with that? And uh, what? Oh, the vaccine. Well, yeah. well, the vaccine is. Look, here's the deal with the vaccine. Rutgers actually has no vaccine at this point. And New Jersey has done a very haphazard. Um, uh, um, 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 they've rolled out very in a very odd way. I mean, I, I, personally, I am. I'm, I'll be blunt. I'm 59 years old. I have no underlying health conditions. I do not work as a health provider. So I'm. I'm just. I, I, I'm outside all the outliers for anything. But here's what I've heard about the vaccine. That's it's sort of annoying. Apparently, when you go online and you apply to get the shot. You can lie. You could say, "Hey, I uh, have uh, this weird health condition," or "I, you know, I work for the health worker," and and you get and, and if you get an appointment, they don't check. Really? You know, you can, huh? I mean, can you think of that's the lowest of the low? Can you imagine well, lying about your life to I got, get a vaccine? I got lumbago and I got dropsy, 
Does that count? <laughs> I keep thinking of that scene with uh, Billy Crudup in Titanic where he's holding the child and says, uh, yeah. oh, this is my child, <laughs> please... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's an, it is an it's, honor system. Can you imagine lying, really? Oh, yeah, I work for a hospital, and I'm 65. And meanwhile, you know, you, you, you're you know, you have unemployed, and you're 35. Hey, listen, that just, honor system just, shit might work in Canada, but it's not working here. Forget it. I mean, look, I, I don't think a lot of people did that. When I found out about when I found out there was no checking, that it was an honor system, I was like, well, okay. I you mean, started getting ideas, didn't you? You're like, hmm, maybe I can. Well, no, I mean, the bottom line is system. it's all about Jane J. Jane J has a huge New Jersey presence. It's a one shot. They can develop it quickly. I think once Jane J gets approval, New Jersey will shoot up as uh, as availability for the vaccine. And I'm hearing, I am certainly no doctor, but I'm hearing very, very good things about the uh, J&J vaccine once it's approved. It, again, one shot. By the way, Chris, you know my parents. My parents in their in their 80s. Dave, I don't know whether I had Pfizer or Madonna. I just, uh, I just don't. But they've had both shots and absolutely no reaction whatsoever. Well, okay. of course, my parents are not human because they're the toughest people on the planet, but that's another story. Yeah, they're all sinew and gristle, your parents. <laughs> that's... I think we talked about it once. My father fell recently five, uh, five feet onto a concrete floor, and he was complaining because he had some shoulder problems afterwards. Yeah. Your father is, like, indestructible, and uh, meanwhile, my parents are long dead, you know? So what does that say? What does that say? I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what it says. Uh, Jeff Manchin's with me. Let's see. We talked about Rutgers. We talked about Johnson and Johnson. What about the pleasures of Central Jersey? You're a Central Jersey uh, booster. I've been in Central Jersey. Well, that's a good, great topic. I'm glad you raised this. I've been in Central Jersey. I ended up here probably at around 85, 86. Uh, I had a brief, that was after very parole, brief foray right? that was into just after uh, Hoboken in the late 80s. Yes. Otherwise, I've been here since, well, let's just say 1990, uh, nonstop. And look, I mean, it's a very convenient spot. It's not that far from New York. It's not that far from the shore. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of cool stuff here, but you have to seek it out. You have to have, you know, you have to, you have to know what you're looking for. And I've been here long enough to know what's interesting and cool and uh, I've, I, I have made a home here. I enjoy this part of the country, I, I, uh, this part of the state. I really do. Um, this, you know, it's good music if you can find it. There's good arts if you can find it. You know, and I say if you can find it, it's not that hard to find, but you have to look, you know. It's, well, you know, it's, I, I think uh, if there's anything that people from North Jersey and Central Jersey can agree on is that South Jersey sucks. I mean, isn't that... <laughs> hey, now, I mean, I don't... I have not spent that much time. I'm, I'm not going to... Look, this is my adopted home. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and say New Jersey sucks, and South Jersey sucks. But, you know, it's... It, it, they have a rodeo in South Jersey, don't they? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. I think we've actually... I think we actually went to the rodeo one, one time when we And were, the Jersey Devil resides in South Jersey, doesn't he? That's true. That's true. Suddenly I'm feeling better about South Jersey. Is the uh, Jersey And shore. I did have a wonderful weekend in Cape May once. So, oh. look at that. Did you go antiquing? <laughs> What'd you do in Cape May? <laughs> no, actually, uh, if, we, if we're really telling stories at a school, I was supposed to go to Cape May with a, a woman, and she backed out the last minute, and I said, oh, I'm going to go. It was, suddenly it was Cape May not. I had a wonderful time. I yeah. said, this is great. This actually worked out pretty well. Hmm. Some of the story. Sometimes I feel like i got to repeat hey, listen, my jokes. I, I, wanna, I, just talks I want to give some shout-outs. Yes. Speaking of South Jersey, I'm glad he did. Let me give some yes. shout-outs real quickly since we're on the phone. There's not many. There's not many. There's not many. So first, I want to give a shout-out to Libby Beans in Frenchtown. Uh, Libby Ann Valentine runs a very lovely chocolate shop in Frenchtown. Please go if you can. I want to give also a shout-out to if you ever see, uh, the best bluegrass band in the state resides in, the, maybe in the country, in the Highland Park, the Magnolia Street String Band. I want to say hi to them. And as far as punk rock shows, Shannon Perez and Damn Straight Entertainment, they're you know, shelved right now because of the stupid pandemic. But once they go, you, you could not find a better punk rock show than that book by Shannon Perez or Damn Straight Entertainment. Those right. are the three shout those well, are the four one of those, shout-outs. I well, one of those three is your girlfriend, so that's completely ah, bogus. Ah, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, that you're yes. plugging, Libby, you're Libby, plugging Libby, uh, your girlfriend well, on the air school, here. Full yes. disclosure, Libby runs uh, Libby Beans in Frenchtown. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful chocolate shop. Please go if you're ever in the Do area. Do you weigh 300 pounds now, or what's going on over there, dare I ask? What, uh, what, what, what was your question? I think you heard me. 
Don't play. No, no, I didn't hear you say it again. I said, do you weigh 300 pounds now? Ah! Well, no. Well, it's funny you say that. She she does have a chocolate shop, and it's delicious. Yes. And her best friend is a food caterer, mm. and her brother has a very nice Italian specialty shop. So it's actually closer to 400 pounds. All right. Uh, just uh, well, listen. We'll always love you anyway. It doesn't really matter. We'll, uh, <laughs> what else did we not get to? What else should we talk about in the two minutes that we have left, Jeff Mashin? Uh, what do we? What do we have? Uh, I, I, I guess we can't get into the whole thing about the car being submerged that time. That was interesting. Uh, uh, we've uh, told that know, story on the air before, death. but very quickly, uh, one of the first times we went underage drinking at a bar called Uncle Herman's. O N K E L, <laughs> Uncle Herman's. Uh, which was a German bar because the town we grew up in was like very German. They had to change the name from Breslau around the time of that First World War. Uh, or it might have even been earlier than that. Um, but we went to this bar with our friend Ed Fleming and another guy, Steve. What was Steve's last name? His last name was Derek. Derek, yeah. <laughs> Who uh, had cerebral palsy. And um, the three of you guys left me at the bar to go drive him no, home. No, you wanted to. You left early. You, you, you either no. wanted. We offered you a ride. You either wanted to stay or you left early. I forget which, but you no, had no. a ride option. No, I was there when you guys came in dripping wet in, with towels around your shoulders because no, Ed had No, we never driven. came back to the bar. We never came back to the bar. I, I, Chris, Jesus, I remember this I, one because, you know. I hate you, this. We, we offered, you did not want to, if you, because frankly, folks, listeners, if Chris was with us and he did take this ride home with us. I would have died. He would have died. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> I would have never gotten out of Only because the car, uh, real quick, I know it's getting late. The car drove into this canal under 12 feet of water. And it was, of course, it had only, it was a giant Lincoln, I forget what it was. Lincoln it, it, it was a, it was a no, car. it was a big Mopar but, product is what it was. Actually. But it was, uh, yes, yeah, but it was all electric windows. And I managed to barely squeeze through. Steve did, you know. And, Chris, I don't think you would have made it through. I think you would have fucking died. Yeah, I would have died. There's no doubt about it. It's just one of those times when you're like, nobody died. That was still. It's a great story. I do remember the next day going back and looking at the car in the water and thinking, "Wow, that was uh, okay. That was pretty wild." Yeah, it was a pretty I did frequent. See, I, I, people talk about life experience. I did see cross in front of my mind. You know, three Long Island youths die, and I did see the article. And it wasn't even very, what sad was. It wasn't even a very big article. It was like a sad article, like not even a big news story. It happened all the time, and they finally put up some barriers so people couldn't just drive into the canal. So there you go. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Last time well, I was... Ed, uh, Ed, 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 the driver, was pretty... He was. I didn't realize how drunk he was. He was really having some fun with it. Yeah. After that, and, we uh, called him Captain con- Nemo. He control of the car? Anytime we saw him, we <laughs> called him Captain Nemo. After that. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, it's always a pleasure to spend some time with a good friend. Thank you, Jeff, for doing this, and I appreciate it. And now I'm going to go sleep. This is great fun, man. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, I, this is great. You, you, it really, you gave a little boost in my drinking tonight. I have to go back to Mo Bandy. I'm sure I'll be singing loudly and the, and the neighbors will complain. Right, you go sing and I'll tell people more about thehoundmyc.com where you can hear on Sunday's brand new Hound Howl shows at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time followed by Crashing the Party with Mark and Miriam do up Shop Shop. Of the air at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. This show replays on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. And it becomes a podcast just as quickly as I can make it a podcast available at Amazon Music Podcasts and also at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, all that crap. I'll see you real soon. And thanks again to Jeff for doing this. And thanks to Matt at Guttenberg Arts, guttenbergarts.org. Join them for the virtual art book fair. You can find that at papercrownpress.cargo.site.